Tuny called from the other room. What are we doing right now? I still have to shower. I was going to lie out on the balcony, get a few more rays before sunset. He looked himself over in the mirror and said, I don't think I'm even white yet. He kicked off his cargo pants on top of the turtleneck and slid on some long swim trunks. Tuny leaned in the bathroom doorway, threw her sarong atop the growing pile, and laughed. I don't mind you transparent, you know. He smiled and grabbed her wrist in passing, leading her through the living room to the sliding glass door. He reached for the handle, then hesitated, his hand hanging in the air as if frozen. Crap, have I... Twice now, yes. Sorry, he said with a sigh. This will never stop being weird. He forced himself to clutch the handle, exhaled when nothing happened, and slid the door open. See, Tuni said, this is what you paid for. Everything new from the resort's expansion. I know you asked for 24-7 Do Not Disturb, but the housekeeping staff wear gloves all the time. I've seen them. Now she took him by the hand out onto the patio. On the glass-topped wicker table between their two cushioned deck chairs were two sweating glasses of spiked cola. Beyond a low guardrail, the lagoon reflected the sinking sun. Remember, she said, it's not worth a bloody nickel if you can't enjoy it. Matt sat down on the chair nearer the door as Tuny walked back inside. He stretched out, well aware of his bare legs, back, neck, elbows, and heels, all rubbing against foreign objects of unknown provenance. He picked up the glass beside him and sipped, his lips touching strange glass. Tuny grabbed the rock from her purse and took a deep breath. She walked back outside onto the balcony and climbed on top of Matthew careful to keep her bikini bottom touching only his long shorts and not letting her top get too close to him. He looked up at her and smiled with elation. How daft is all this, she said. How's that? Which part? Which part? Look at you, bloody wearing shorts, not even a t-shirt. He smiled, stroking her arms. Get what you pay for, right? She gave him a quick kiss on the mouth and carefully stood up peering out at the sky. She had the stone palmed at her side. No better time than now. You are so frickin' beautiful it's scary, he said. She turned, one brow aloft. Odd compliment, dear. Let's stow that one away permanently, shall we? One of her exes had always said something similar. Matthew couldn't possibly know. He was just being immature. An attempt at cuteness, but the memory had blemished the moment, so she decided to give him the rock after dinner. Sorry, he suddenly leaned up. Oh shit, what time is it? She glanced at the wall clock inside the room. Half past six, why? He started to get up. Our reservation. For some reason, I thought we had more time. Relax, Mr. Punctual. They're not going to give our table away if we're five minutes late. I'm still all sandy anyway. Gonna take a quick shower. Enjoy the view for a few before you get dressed, okay? She walked inside, leaving the sliding glass door open behind her. The room felt a bit cold, so she flicked off the thermostat on her way past. The wall jets in the shower sprayed from three sides, and she tossed her bikini top and bottom onto the growing mound of clothes and stepped in. Matt closed his eyes and leaned his head back on the deck chair cushion. Everything new, he reflected. Four thousand a night was a small price to pay for a week like this. 
He still worried, still hesitated before letting his skin touch anything, but that wasn't really a habit he wanted to break. For the sake of the vacation, he had to find a happy medium. If he touched something with an imprint, Toonie would be stuck with the consequences. Though they had seemed to fall into a good rhythm on avoiding hazards, he couldn't have his ability dominate their budding relationship. That had happened to him before, and it didn't work. Toonie was the best thing in his very weird life, and he wasn't about to make the same mistakes with her. Hello, Mr. Turner, an English-accented man's voice said from above his head. Snapping his head back quickly, Matt saw the last face he had ever expected to see again. Dr. Garrett Reese, one of the few people who knew of Matt's ability, and the only one who could set off the alarm now shrieking away in Matt's head. Reese's middle-aged face sagged oddly from looking down at him, but the triumphant smile was unmistakable. Two tall men with buzz cuts flanked him as he held out a big, thick book. I'm going to need your help tracking down a little something, he said. Thank you, in advance. The book dropped onto Matt's stomach. His body fell limp on the chair, and the familiar rushing sound sucked into his ears as his body shifted into a fetal position. But it wasn't his body he was feeling. I am Heinrich Strauss. I am thirty-four years old. I live in a mission in Salzburg, Austria. The year is 1917. I'm crying, curled up in my bed. My wife has left me for a poor dancing man from Vienna. I pray on this Bible that I may find the strength to go on.